0: Now, okay. I think it's time to introduce another wonderful, exciting game show. Now, Buckeye with football heaven on the
1: A week one thriller. Well, I guess i say really thriller, but an exciting <laughs> game. Nonetheless, as the Buckeyes get. Well, back it
0: depends on so. what game you're talking about.
1: There was some thrilling games.
0: There was some thrilling games. Indiana and that Penn State. You should yes. have waited another 10 minutes, I think, uh, or so before you left.
1: Yeah, I saw that ending, and uh, wow, that was, <laughs> that was definitely controversial
0: yeah it was interesting because you know i watched it unfold and uh even even when in live when it was a live action right i I saw it and i'm thinking oh wow i think he might have gotten that and then uh, yeah when they showed the replay i'm like no no way (laughs) Uh, but i i really don't think at the end of the day you can truly tell um because you, it, to me there was no angle that showed where the tip of the ball was because when you see his hand come down you get a sense that maybe the his hand comes down the ball comes down and then it kind of moves an inch or so and touches the the pylon right right
1: that was it was, it was unfortunate that they didn't have the pylon cam because that's the exact situation you need it for
0: well they did the problem is oh, the, that... the, the the camera was too high oh got it and so it it was basically the action happened below the camera, um, it, but yeah, you're right. As I, as they were showing all the film, thinking, wow, they probably should have another camera, kind of, you know, I don't know, maybe a series of angles that uh, that form an arc, maybe around that pylon or something to give better views in the future. I, I don't know. Uh, but at the end of the day, you couldn't see the tip of the ball, and certainly it's an oblong ball. Right. So even though his hand is touching and the uh, ball looks like it might not quite clip the, uh, the pylon, um, before it's down, the tip could have, right. The tip could have already been past that goal line. I just don't think you could tell. That's just my personal opinion.
1: Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we talked about it. I picked Indiana Indiana for a reason. Penn State definitely should should and could have won that game. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But I, th- I think the first week strikes again for all the teams because uh, Penn State made a lot of mistakes. We saw it all throughout the Big Ten. I mean, Michigan State had seven turnovers in their loss to Rutgers, who <laughs> got their first win, uh, mm-hmm. their first conference win, I don't know how long. Um, but yeah. But I mean,
0: you called, by the way. I did call. You call, Um, and I think after that abysmal performance with the other picks, you should take full credit for that one. (laughs)
1: Uh (laughs) Um, But yeah, Penn State, obviously, Clifford had two bad interceptions. Um, They didn't have a a big passing attack, uh, which we'll probably talk about later. Uh, Same thing we saw with Nebraska. Um, And, you know, Ohio State, of course, had their fair share of mistakes, even though they kicked the crap out of Nebraska, so.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, They all, everybody in the Big Ten, basically had their issues, which which we figured would happen, uh, being the first game for everybody. Um, But of course, one of the exciting things about this weekend is, you know, uh, we talked about it with the adorable Michigan fan the last time. We just weren't feeling or hearing the hype like we normally normally did, but it's going to come. It's, okay. Oh yeah, it's going to come in full waves now. I think now with Milton, we do have a legit September heisman. Of course it's not September anymore, uh, which would be normal for Michigan. Usually the, this type of hype kind of materializes and swells within the month of September. Uh, it's in the month of September where they are clearly uh, on a path to the college football playoff. They are clearly on a path to national championship dominance. Uh, also within the month of September, typically they have declared their September Heisman. That that person, you know, think Desmond, uh, not Desmond Howard, but um, what was the guy, uh, the 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 miniature quarterback that they had scurrying about, um, Denard Robinson. Sorry, oh, you know, oh, yeah. the, the 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 slight Denard Robinson, of course, was the greatest thing since sliced bread during the month of September. As we're uh, four CA, and we we could go on on, on a truly large list of September Heismans. But obviously we have to um, temporarily, you know, within time, shift all of this to now the month of late October. And over the next week or two, yes, Michigan is playoff bound. Uh, Milton is most definitely uh, the leading Heisman candidate. And yes, it may have taken a little while, but we told you all that Jim Harbaugh was going to dominate
1: I mean, but but to be fair, when when was the last time you know Michigan put up over forty points on a Big Ten opponent besides Maryland and Rutgers? I think it's that's been a good a, point. B- been a couple of years.
0: It has. No, it has genuinely.
1: That's my jar. That's my uh, jar and a fun at the adorable the Michigan fan. But uh, hey, they they did have a good game, um, and they should be excited about it because they looked decent. Uh, for the first time in a while. So, yeah, yep. maybe that'll continue. Obviously, we'll see. If they still have to play Wisconsin.
0: On Wisconsin.
1: Uh, here pretty pretty soon, right? There's, uh, uh, well,
0: I know that this week, Nebraska has Wisconsin, which I'm very, and we'll get into that obviously later in the yeah. week, uh, but that's going to be uh, one that definitely look forward to. But yes, uh, I, I think ultimately Michigan's going to have to play Wisconsin as well. Um, they were reputed to have the most difficult schedule next to Nebraska, uh, in theory. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. But I, I will say, you know, I did think pretty highly of Minnesota. I did choose them to win the West and, uh, yeah, they, they didn't look great at all. I mean, obviously yeah. the offense, which was supposed to be their strong suit, um, didn't play, didn't play great. They were able to run the ball pretty well. Um, but you know, they, he had the pick six, Special uh, specialties didn't play well. And, all around, um yeah, I don't know, I'm not gonna judge it off of one game, but uh from what I've seen um it, it's I think it'll be difficult for them to to win to win out and you know really yeah. really compete for for a big Ten championship, so we'll see, yeah.
0: I won't judge him on one game either, but I think it's kind of, <laughs> kind of the point uh, with the uh, adorable Michigan fan and the, the idea of the September and or late October Heisman, et cetera, is because that's typically what they do is, is they, they generate their hype based off of either you know a wealth of, of preseason hysteria or um, on, on a single game. Uh, that being said, uh, yes, I think Michigan was charmed the first half. Um, They did get the the, the pick six, which is not not really a fluke, right? You have to play the right defense. You have to be in the right situations. You have to make those situations. And so they did that. But, you know, it was the pick six. Um, There are other scores uh, in the half. They had two other scores uh, that were, you know, very short yardage. Um, You know, for example, the one after Minnesota's kickoff, uh, where I don't know why Minnesota was choosing to squib kick it every time. Uh, at the beginning, you know, once, yeah, do it, right? It's going to catch them off guard. Uh, the, the kick team, especially your very first game, the kick teams out there, they've been practicing uh, fielding a kickoff or how to wave their hand because they're, you know, going to take the 25-yard line. So, yeah, catch them off guard. But then to follow it up again, I think that bit Minnesota, Michigan took that one all the way down to around the 10-yard line. So they were charmed, which I think helped them. I think that probably took the bugs off of Michigan um it allowed them to, to 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 really get away from any jitters they may, may have with you know, all the new folks that they have new quarterback etc because now hey setting them up a short field get a pick six you're in the game now you're leading the game i think it was a, a perfect storm for them to get rid of their jitters and to really concentrate on on taking that game which i think they did they they did a, a pretty good job i would stop any talk of from a Michigan perspective, this is any talk of them being formidable, um, in terms of the playoff hunt just yet, but pretty good for yeah,
1: them. Yeah. I mean, and they still have a tough schedule. I mean, still have to play Wisconsin and then of course the the rest of the East division, uh, which, you know, Penn state may not, I, you know, I guess we'll we'll see, you know, how they're, how they really are, uh, this weekend, you know, in they play Ohio state, but I mean, yep. they, they, they like we said could have won that game. They outscored Indiana. They doubled their rushing yards. They probably doubled time of possession. Yet they, they
0: uh, yeah they did they did every every I think they more than doubled time of possession.
1: Yeah. and so
0: uh, I think they trebled uh yardage. I'm not sure. I'd have to relook at it. But yeah, they were very big spreads between Penn State and Indiana.
1: Yeah, and. Uh, there there were a lot more mistakes on that Penn State side, and so uh, that's making me wonder how that will translate into this game against Ohio State. Um, which we can we can talk about that game right now before we kind of go into all that. Well,
0: I, I I think we we already cleared the Michigan game. I think we probably said all there was to really say about that. Uh, but actually, maybe we can finish up on on Michigan quickly because I don't know if we really hit on minnesota as much as michigan i think then we can probably just might as well finish the penn state indiana and then we'll jump into our highest state um because going back to the uh michigan minnesota uh yeah i think put the brakes on michigan good for them um honestly if you're going to go uh, night game in the bitter cold first game of the year against a ranked opponent and you basically who cares how it was done but at the end of the day they pretty much took Minnesota behind the woodshed, what more could you ask for? Frankly, if Iowa State were in a similar situation, if we had to open up at Minnesota in that cold weather against a team that um, was eleven and three last year and returned their entire offense, uh, I would have wanted that same performance. From a Minnesota perspective, the question is, is what happened to that offense? Was that receiver that they had lost? What was it about that offense last year uh that didn't show up? Um And I don't know, Abraham, he had almost 150 yards rushing, I think. So they got it done in the running game. Um, Yeah, I'm struggling to figure out what happened to Minnesota, because if you're rushing for that many yards, you've got that stud receiver, a good quarterback like that. Um, What happened? And and I also don't think it's going to translate all that much to, the next game or will it I I guess what I'm I'm left with is I'm just not sure what to make of Minnesota yeah I Thanks.
1: think I, th- I think it's it's the downfield passing you know, more than more than 20 yards uh, at least consistent and accurately um I think that's that's a big problem of at least what I saw with most of the big 10 I mean Penn State uh, I think they had one big play that led for led a touchdown um that was that was a deep pass uh, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't see a, a whole lot of downfield. I didn't see it. There was none from Nebraska at all. I mean, they attempted no. one pass I think, and it was incomplete, but right. I don't think they had any, any pass 15 yards besides that. Um, so, you know, same thing with the kind of middle teams, um, you know, Illinois, Purdue, um, Iowa, you know, all those teams. So maybe, maybe it's mainly the quarterback play. I don't know. Uh, but I think that is a, a big tell into yeah. how a lot of uh, how a lot of games are going to go for these teams who don't have the pure talent or depth that Ohio State does.
0: Right. So, yeah, I think then jumping to that Penn State, Indiana. Um, yeah. Penn State. It was interesting at the end of that game because, you know, they, they always have to name. And they have new names for them now, right? Just like we have the Roadrunner pick and things like that. I forget what they called uh, their player of the game, in essence, but it was Sean Clifford. And I was amazed. I'm thinking this guy. And you look at the numbers. If you were not to have watched the game and looked at the numbers, a couple touchdown passes, well over 200 yards passing, you think, oh, wow, that's pretty good. You know? No, he, he looked awful. He ran the ball quite well, and that does worry me for Ohio State because we saw how well Nebraska's quarterbacks ran it. But, and yes, truly some of his passes in that 200 plus yards were were nice passes, but he's very erratic. Uh, You and I both sat there and watched him airmail those two interceptions. It wasn't, they weren't fluke, um, you know, tip the ball and oh, somebody's magically there like a, you know, um, Okuda laying on the ground that just comes to you. I mean, these were terrible, terrible passes. And yeah, I didn't think much of that offense, uh, with the exception of the quarterback run, and maybe uh, you know their running backs, as I think the running backs are better than Nebraska in the ability to you know push up the middle. But played decently on offense, they well outgained Indiana. Uh, you lose that type of game when you treble, you know, time of possession, yardage gained, etc., because you're erratic. You turn the ball over, and you have a lot of penalties.
1: Whoops, they did all that. Um, yeah, Indiana, I mean, good for them. Um, you know, we knew, I, we, I said it, that they might be a, a sleeper team in the Big Ten. They didn't look uh, as good as I thought they would. I thought they would look better in competing. Uh, they played a yeah. pretty decent defense, but at the end of the day, Penn State had more mistakes, and Indiana really played well. I mean, the yeah. kicker missed two field goals. We talked about yeah. all those penalties. Um, and Penn State really lost that game themselves. I agree. Rather than Indiana winning it, Um, and you lose that game, now you have to play Ohio State. Um, I mean, off to potentially an zero and two start. Then you got to play, you know, the rest of the the rest of the East still. I still got to play Michigan. I still got to play. I think they have Iowa. I don't know who their crossover game is, but right. uh, Yeah, it's it, it. it's gonna, they're going to have to figure out something quick here, that's for sure.
0: That is true. Yeah, I, I think with Indiana, the defense uh, did play admirably. Um, I, yes, you are correct. I think Penn State lost that game more so than Indiana won it. But that being said, you kind of got to feel pretty good for Indiana because they always blow those games. And they almost blew this one. And frankly, you talked about Penn yeah. State losing the game. I, I forget who the running back was. But it was funny to watch, right? They were up oh, 21 yeah. to 20. Didn't have to do any. All they had to do was take a knee, really, I think, because I don't think India had, but maybe one time out, It was like a minute and a half left. You know, run one play and to that point run, which they did. And he had this big gaping hole, which he's like, wow, this is great. I'm just going to waltz right into the end zone. Or am I? <laughs> and then he wanted to stop. Realized he was already past the goal line. And, then, and you could even see it on Franklin's face. Like, oh, crap, what's going to happen now? <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I think it's obviously uh, more uh, Penn State losing than not. But Indiana tried to blow the game like they always do. They didn't. Um, they came through. Tenix kind of came through with getting both of those two-point conversions. But uh, I thought he looked terrible otherwise. You know, he was, he was all hyped up. Uh, he was their starting quarterback over Peyton Ramsey before he got injured, before uh, Penix got injured. Uh, frankly, that was probably better for them. I think Peyton Ramsey is much better quarterback than Penix.
1: Yeah. Yeah, speaking of uh, Ramsey, uh, it was Maryland, but Northwestern Le- looked pretty good. Yeah. Uh, they, they rolled against Maryland, and uh, I think Northwestern, uh, you know, you look, Illinois, Purdue, Iowa, even Nebraska; those are all winnable games uh, yes. for for Northwestern, and I think they can make some noise in, in the West. Uh, probably won't win it, but you know, I think they'll they'll be playing a lot of teams close this year.
0: Yeah, I, I agree.
1: And uh, and to the point we go before we go to Ohio State. Uh, yeah, I, I picked Rutgers to be last. I think Rutgers will finish ahead of uh, Michigan State and Maryland this year.
0: I agree with you. I think both of those. I think it will. They will finish above both of us.
1: which uh, It'll be fun to watch.
0: Okay. The Ohio State Buckeyes. Where do we begin?
1: I think it's a good thing that they played Nebraska the first week um, with all those re- re- starters they had returning. Um, I think it showed some strengths, but more importantly, it showed some true weaknesses and stuff they're really going to have to to get a handle on yeah. um, the other teams probably, you know, wouldn't have showed as much uh, and that being uh, line play uh, specifically the defensive line and mm-hmm. the gaping holes with the quarterback run as well as the over the middle passing, you know, it's kind of both things we talked about. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I think from that perspective, it's hard for me to decide whether it was good or bad, in reference to Nebraska's game plan, because you're right, you know, Nebraska did re- return quite a bit. It was a good test for a young, relatively new, inexperienced defense for Ohio State to square off against. But that's assuming that you have an intelligent game plan, and I have no idea what Scott Frost was thinking. I don't know if he really tried to go up that middle. And to me, there's, there is going to be a team on the schedule. Maybe it's Penn State with Noah Kane. Maybe it's Michigan with you know their three tailbacks that they have. Somebody knows that Ohio State is lacking in that defensive interior, and they may expose it. And I'm saying that because I don't think Ohio State might get that yet because nobody's tried. Nebraska didn't even try. Nebraska yeah. did expose the fact that if you got a quarterback that can run, Sean Clifford, you can do some damage, Milton, right? So, you know, look to, you know, Penn State, Michigan to try to take advantage of that. But I think that's obviously on film. Ideally, Ohio State knows it and, and they can maybe remedy it. Um, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing, too, was the, the defensive line didn't even get any push first of all second of all there was like no blitzing at all i mean they just played zone the whole time no blitzes defensive line got almost no pressure uh and on those quarterback runs i mean they oh they bit easily i mean they were already in the backfield before that thing was handed off and the gaping holes for martinez and, and mccaffrey uh and then yeah they're i don't know why they didn't pass it more over the middle as well, because every time they did, you know, the eight, eight to 12 yards, that sweet spot, man, there was no one in sight. Right. No, there was no coverage whatsoever. Um, and that concerns me. The one thing too, Nebraska had no deep game. So the bat, the secondary really didn't get tested. Um, you know, I, I think after the first drive, when there was a lot of missed tackles, that they, they kind of settled down. Um, I think they do, did do a better job of that. Um, in, in the second half but still um you know a lot of concerns with that with that young defense
0: yeah I, I think what's um you know going back to that why didn't they throw over the middle you know one of the things in in, in foot, sports generally on but, but college football specifically that's always amused me is these half-wit announcers that will talk about oh well you know Uh, X team didn't want to show their entire playbook, right? They want to keep something back or, you know, the, the opposite one, which is fun as well. Oh, you know, they, they put that play in there. So X team, the future has to prepare for it. Okay. So let me get this straight. You've got one of the best five-star athletes um, that does this, this play and you don't think the other team wasn't already preparing for it. I'm sorry, but some of that stuff is just so Dumb. Um, but all of that being said, I do think there's a bit of this here. I, going into this game, I even said I thought I had heard that this defense was going to play more zone because of the lack of experience um, in, the, uh, in the secondary. And I think the blitzing piece will come later. I do think that teams that think they have a decent defense will early in the season try to blitz less if they don't have to. Because those are things, those blitz packages are things that you kind of want to keep in the back pocket um, because it's how you do them specifically as a defense coordinator for your team that you want to surprise people with. And so I I think it's a combination of that plus, given the inexperience of that secondary, that they didn't do a lot of blitz packages. Um, So I do think we'll see more of those. And probably even starting next week, because I do think that they were probably preparing more for Penn State in that regard than um, than Nebraska.
1: You're probably right, and I hope so because um, you know that that D line can't can't get a lot of push early on. Um, I think they'll have to rely on that at least to get out of some you know third and medium you know situations. So, mm-hmm. um, the offense w- was a little better uh, you know those receivers Justin Fields really good um, obviously the the best part of the team it seems and uh, so glad that we have Justin Fields that's for sure but uh, yeah the offensive line uh, was a little bit of a struggle um, they did pretty well in the passing game but when Justin Fields needed time especially with those long developing crossing routes stuff like that you know they gave it to him uh, but they did allow four sacks and uh, definitely, what we talked about the most concern is the running game. Neither uh, mm-hmm. neither Teague or Sermon was re- was really explosive. They didn't really hit the hole. Sermon was a bit too shifty and just trying to dance around, uh, and Teague just has no vision. So, right, um, yeah, that that was definitely a concern as well.
0: Uh, Teague or Sermon, I neither of them looked like
1: they had vision to me.
0: Yeah, and in, in, so yeah, as we kind of focus on the list of grievances. On the offensive side of the ball, yeah, the the offensive line, I think, did give up maybe too many sacks. But a lot of those were, in my opinion, covered sacks, Uh, meaning that everybody was covered. He had time. On the plays where he got sacked, he did have a lot of time. Um, Justin Fields still has a problem getting rid of that ball. There were a couple of those sacks that I would not blame on the offensive line. I blame them on Justin Fields, just not slinging the ball. Just get rid of the stinking ball. You know, it's one of the it's one of the big things anymore, right? You hear it almost every game, whether the quarterback's a freshman, sophomore. It doesn't matter anymore. It seems like that's they are either doing it or not. It's weird, Um, but yeah, I think I, I would blame a couple of the sacks on that. My other grievances for the offense aren't so much in the line. I do because even Joel Collat said it, right? This is theoretically one of the best offensive lines in the country. Now, it's always hard to take an entire line and say that this team or that team has the best offensive line, but I think it's clear that they should be in the top five. You know, you can name theirs in in the same sentence as Clemson's, as the same as Bama's, etc. It's that good of an offensive line. So yes. They should have opened up more holes. Yes, they should have protected Justin Fields a little bit better. I'm not as concerned about that because I think first game, that will definitely get better. What I'm more concerned with are those two running backs. (laughs) I'm less concerned with Master Teague because I've seen him do it. I've seen that line open up gaping holes for him and him just charge through it like a bull in a china shop. We saw that a lot last year. Trey Sermon reminded me of Lydell Ross. Lydell Ross had this big game uh, as a debut against uh, Indiana this freshman year, over hundred yards, looked exciting. Everybody was thrilled to death. Uh, similarly to how everybody seems to be excited about sermon, even though they haven't really watched him play. I, I, cause as a quick aside, yeah, he came in to Ohio stadium as a freshman and played, but other than that, your general Ohio State fan, have you really sat and watched Trey Sermon play? I think, I think a lot of it is more hype than, than not right now. And I didn't like what I saw. I, didn't, I wasn't happy when Trey Sermon was in the game. He looked like Lydell Ross, who took forever to get out of that backfield. That seemed like Sermon yesterday. And when he did finally get out of the backfield, lo and behold, instead of taking the hole, he's running right into the offensive lineman's rear end. How many times did Sermon do that? There were a couple of times where the hole was staring him right in the face. And he decided to go sniff up somebody's tail end instead of taking the hole. He took a different hole, (laughs) so (laughs) to speak. Right? And so that's my biggest concern right now for the offense is the running backs. And I'm hopeful for Master Teague. I think you kind of said it, you know, hey, he was injured. Yeah, you know, give him some time to come back. I think I think that light will go on for him. I'm not sure about Sermon though. I don't think he's yeah. the answer, at least not right now.
1: I mean, the few reps that Steel Chambers had, he looked good and he looked pretty explosive. And uh, yeah, but
0: yeah. that was toward the end after Nebraska pretty well knew that. Um, yeah, you know, their names had been permanently imprinted on the side of the woodshed.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah, with the line play, you know, both offense and defense, it's, it's they're the toughest group because, you know, there's the ones that benefit the most from, you know, scrimmages and, um, you know, the game type settings like that, uh, where they can actually get those reps. And I know they ha- really haven't had much of any of that. And so uh, I knew that would probably be a, be a little bit more uh, difficult for them to get their feet wet, uh, especially week one. Uh, but I think it was it was good. It was good practice for them. Yeah. Um it, it was a good, you know, first, like, scrimmage-type game. And, yeah, I think they definitely will get better uh, as the year goes on. So.
0: Yeah, I think um, otherwise in the offense, um, it's, all, it's all good. Uh, the, off, the offensive line, I think, will get better. They will look more and more like one of the best offensive lines in the country. Not worry about them. Uh, Justin Fields, man, can that guy throw a beautiful ball. I mean, yeah. seriously. Uh, And I thought Dwayne Haskins could throw a beautiful ball. I think we were spoiled a little bit there, you know, with Haskins and some of those deep balls that he threw. Uh, But, man, Fields can do it. Every bit as good. Um, Plus, he can run where where Haskins couldn't. Uh, And if there are a better trio of receivers, then, yeah, I'm going to throw... Is that how you say it? Because we're going to be saying that name at least for the next year and a half. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So we, we need to I, we need to learn what it is and get it right because we're gonna be saying it a lot. That's kinda of my point. I'm pretty yeah, sure
1: it's Jack Smith. I'm not sure if it's Smith and Jigba or and Jigba Smith, but it,
0: it's Smith and Jigba.
1: But yeah, it's Smith really Jigba. the
0: Njigba part. Is that how you say it? Njigba?
1: pretty sure.
0: But um, Garrett Wilson was great last year, comes in his first game, basically puts almost a buck fifty.
1: <laughs> yeah. Up, and, we right? were, so, and when we aw. saw that we were like, really? Yeah, Yeah, it was, kind of, it
0: was a quiet one. Exactly, right? Because when they put up that sound, I'm like, wow, I guess so. <laughs> I guess he, he, he has gotten it. was a very quiet. Um, Alave, Smith, and Jigba. And Smith, I, yeah, it's only one game. He didn't do all that much uh, from a production perspective, right? But, man, when, when you, in your debut game, make that kind of catch, which, frankly, could go on to be the catch of the year you know obviously there's still a lot of
1: season to go but man that was amazing <laughs> it was
0: yeah. and i this even showed you. out
1: of bounds and he just toe taps it yeah that was amazing
0: well and that was just it too is in in live action you can't see the decision making process and you can't always see that when you watch different plays but you could actually see it with him when you watch that in slow motion you can see him making the catch and his hands have a mind of their own because they're taking that, that they're they're put, tucking it in, whatever. And at the same time, his eyes watch his foot. He watches his foot. He knows what he's doing. He knows that he is over that. He watches himself take his toe tips, You know, not his foot, but his tips of his toes, put them right there inbounds to get that touchdown, and, that let, and then let momentum take its course. You could see the decision-making process, which I thought was awesome. Um, yeah, and at the end of the day, so I throw him in there right now until he proves otherwise you got to give him the benefit of the doubt after a catch like that. Tell me that there's a team with a better tree of receivers. And forget about your quarterback for a second. Just in your mind, say, okay, can I think of a team with a better tree of receivers? You're probably not going to. And And then you throw in the fact that he's got probably the best quarterback, arguably, in the country, throwing to those three. That feels good. Yeah, it does. As con- concerned as I am about the uh, uh, running backs, I don't think there are three better receivers, and we haven't even talked about the depth like a Williams. Is, this? is it Williams? Jamison yeah, Williams yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Jameson Williams, right? We haven't talked about the depth I don't know. Or, yeah. Yeah, or the new other five-star freshman they got, Julian Fleming. Is that his name? Yeah. This guy could be amazing as well. You never know. So three best receivers. We haven't even talked about the tight ends. So at the end of the day,
1: Yeah, which
0: didn't even get used. Yeah. And so, yeah. So to put up 45 points, um, offensively, that is, uh, and really didn't scratch the surface of your potential, that feels really good. So that's the positive from the offensive perspective. I think from a defense on the list of grievances, uh, I, I don't put the defensive line per se they need to gel, right? They, they, they have to replace Chase Young. They have to replace that middle, basically. And so they, they did decently um, they did. from that perspective. Where they didn't, and this is a problem going back to 2018, revealing itself again, as, as hyped up as Chase Young was last year, it was the same Chase Young in other defensive ends. As much as we love Ohio State as defensive end you, if you are a linebacker or a, or a cornerback, you're not going to be put into the position of those terrible angles that they were taking if your defensive ends are properly setting the edge. And they didn't do that very well. That defensive line, as great as I think their, coach, their defensive line coach is and as great as their defensive ends have been, I'm sorry. But those, it starts with the defensive ends and setting that edge. And there were a couple of times in that Nebraska game where they were nowhere to be found. They got to that edge right now, and then, yeah, wouldn't you know it? These I, I'm trying. Not, <laughs> these are our Buckeyes, so I'm trying not to uh, you know besmirch their names. But good God, you guys, you linebackers have been playing forever in a day, and you're still taking that same terrible angle. Is it yeah. that you're just shocked that the defensive end didn't set the edge properly? I, what is it that you don't know how to take that angle? We saw the secondary do it. Sean Way did it once. That I can tell I'm hoping that that's just know first game jitters but some of those new secondary they did it early and often taking really bad angles and so when you have a defensive line that's relatively new and inexperienced not quite gelled yet it doesn't help when you're experienced um, and you have secondary that isn't quite there yet and they're taking bad angles you need that heavily experienced linebacking core not taking terrible angles.
1: Uh, hopefully, that yeah, they'll they'll work on that because that, uh, that you know could be a huge factor down the road. So,
0: yeah, I, I really think that they need to you know, get the geometry professor in and just go through Pythagorean theorem with with the secondary. <laughs> In the uh, in the linebackers and say this is this is an angle right? Look at this triangle, how it develops, and here's you. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know. so uh, yeah, I think that's about it defensively. Uh, what what were the, the good points? Uh, the good points were yes, they did give up a lot of chunk yards, um, you know, to the to the quarterback and and not setting the edges properly. Um, but at the end of the day, they only gave up three points after Nebraska had tied it at 14. They only gave up three points after that. Uh, some of that might have been some, you know, some charm with respect to penalties and things like this. But at the end of the day, they only gave up a field goal uh, the rest of the game after that. So that's, and again, that is an offense, even though Nebraska didn't have. Uh, halfway intelligent game plan in my estimation. Um, it was still an offense with nine returning starters and Ohio state held them to 17 points. So that's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I know obviously we're talking about a lot of negatives here. Ohio state still won 52, 17. Uh, you know, their defense still did still play, did still play. Well, I mean, they had good, you know, outside of you know, the first, Few drives they had good fundamental tackling. I mean, if they didn't, they wouldn't have got that you know uh, a yeah. return for a touchdown. Sure. Um, they you know they wouldn't have had some open field tackles. So uh, you know it's not all bad. Um, no, it's not, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, right. Obviously, you know, you just those are the big things that you know we as just as fans you know would, would want to see them work on. But uh, other than that, you know, they got so much depth. You know, obviously they're a great team. Um, and uh, they sh- they're definitely poised to you know to win all their games. So yeah
0: uh, yeah again first world problems yeah you know, <laughs> all these are first world problems I'm talking about and to your point you know the the problem in 2018 with the poor angles was compounded by the by the fact that they had terrible tackling you know I just think of the when you mentioned that the the, the TCU game kind of jumped into my head that yeah there were some terrible angles in that game but man they were some really poor attempts at tackling as well. And so that was a compounding factor in 2018. And you're right, their tackling did look crisp, somewhat crisp for a first game. Um yeah, at the end of the day, first world problem. (laughs) How awesome is it to be able to give bombast over 52 to 17 feet down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. And I think there's a lot of upside heading into the Penn State game next week, especially what we saw from Penn State. And obviously we'll break that down later, but Um, more excited going into that game than I thought I would be.
0: Well, yeah, I I think so too. And I would also say, you know, the the AP and the coaches poll, those rankings are out. And I said, yeah, I'd said several times that I'm kind of reserving what I say about should you or should you not rank these teams, you know, blah, blah, blah. I will say that, yes, after having seen what we've seen from all the other teams in college football and having seen that first game, from some of these yeah i think ohio state clearly is a top five team um one game i if i'm being objective about it one game is not enough to say well they should be number one two or three or whatever but they are definitely a top five team you know without naming names i think it's clear they're a top five team uh, i do think that after you watch michigan Wisconsin play that they they deserve to be ranked so whoever has to fall out so be it uh i, I think i've seen enough of the rest of college football to think it at least those two, two teams deserve to be in there that's about all i'll say though except for indiana indiana uh deserves to be in there um yes penn state should have won the game uh but indiana did everything right and and i'm saying that because i look at Marshall's ranked ahead of them, for example. I would rank Indiana ahead of Marshall. And I say that because... what
1: is what is Indiana ranked? What did they rank
0: them? I'd have to look at it. I don't have it in front of me, but it's like around... It's like they have Penn State at 17. They have Marshall, and then they have Indiana. And I knew it was going to be a trick. How far do you drop Penn State? Do you have Indiana in front of them? And normally I'd say not necessarily, but if Marshall is your only team between the two of them then Indiana should be at 17 and Penn state at, at 19 with Marshall in between them. Uh, if Penn state, if you thought that highly of Penn state, that they were a top 10 team, right. And Indiana beat them and it's Marshall that stands between them. That doesn't really make sense to me. You know? Yeah. If that makes sense. So, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I guess just to kind of quickly touch on some other games, obviously, uh, Another bad week for me. You did pretty well. You went 10 and 6 this week. I went 5 and 11. Um, obviously, I missed you know, a lot of those group of five games and the ACC. Uh, ACC really got me this week. Uh, yeah. And no thanks to you, Oklahoma <laughs> State. Uh, I had that one.
0: <laughs> yes, I you did. I had that
1: one. And then they gave up the last minute touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Which,
0: from a point perspective, I was very happy about. That one actually. At the end of the day, saved me this week. I had picked Oklahoma State as well with much, much lower confidence, and therefore, had Oklahoma yeah. State taken that one, you would still be ahead of me in points. Because yes, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to soften the blow for you. Your record is terrible. Mine is <laughs> mine's, mine's bad, but yours is terrible. And yet, I'm only still I'm only five points ahead of you. I am only five points ahead of you, which means had Oklahoma State won that you would still be a point <laughs> <me. Boy, laughs> even even with that being that far behind on the record i well, i still can't the get the confidence
1: I, the five i did when we're all pretty high confidence so i mean i seem to do yeah. that pretty well um yeah but man i just like uh, for virginia tech for example you know uh, what the, uh, the way their defense is they, i figured they would got a plenty of offense. Of course they lose to Wake Forest. I mean, you look at, uh, I mean, I did put low confidence on NC state only too, but I mean, didn't really know what to think about North Carolina. Of course, North Carolina, you know, their offense shows up again and they kick the crap out of them and, uh, yeah. you know, Notre Dame Pitt. uh, you know, <laughs> Notre Dame finally looks like the team we thought they would. And they, you know, kick the crap out of pit. Well, they do this. They, they do this. Uh-huh. They did it last year. And
0: I just remember it. I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to pick Notre Dame. Oh, they let me down. I'm going to pick Notre Dame. Oh, they let me down. I'm not going to pick Notre Dame. Oh, they go and destroy the team. <laughs> they do the same
1: every year, they, they seem to do this. Yeah. Um, but real quick, I think to that A, that ACC point, there really only looks like there are only going to be four teams uh, buying for those two spots in yeah. Clemson. Clemson, Notre Dame, Miami, North Carolina. Uh, those are really the only teams, it looks like, that have a shot at the, at the championship game. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think North it's going to be North Carolina. Uh, I just think they're too inconsistent. Um, I, probably going to be Notre Dame. Notre Dame showed us that they, have, they can play. To yeah, potential. they can. It's just, are they really going to? I mean, well, I guess we'll right. see that against Clemson. Uh you know, I did. You know, I even chose Clemson, um, who you know finally showed their human against uh, Syracuse, letting them come back like they did. Um,
0: well, hey, Clemson does that every year.
1: They do. They do. They, I didn't they, think they, they do, do it this week, but yeah, they did.
0: I mean, even the year they lost to Syracuse, so they shouldn't have. I mean, Syracuse wasn't very good that year, and the, then the following year they almost lost to Syracuse, and Syracuse was probably worse that year. <laughs> um, even before that, I remember them almost tanking a game against a really bad North Carolina state team. You know, it feels like yeah. Dabo does that every year. And I think this was his game this year and they actually ended up looking serviceable, you know, with 26 points spread instead of the 46, but still serviceable. Yeah. Um, other than
1: that, you know, how about, uh, how about UC? Uh, they just, Cleaned SMU's clock. Uh, I didn't. I didn't think that would happen. I'm so good on them.
0: Yeah. Well, to that to that point, I you know I always say I kind of look at what I got right, what where was I way off? And honestly, with my ten and six record this week, I didn't feel like I was all that far off on some of these. We already talked about Notre Dame and Pitt. I never know where to go with Notre Dame, so scratch that one. I, I'm not going to let that statistically upset me on my overall record. Um, North Carolina State. Had I remembered that I told you that they had lost their starting quarterback. I never would have picked them. I would have picked UNC. Right. So I don't feel terrible uh, about that one. Um, the one I do feel bad about is the Miami Virginia. Right. Cause I said, Hey, I, 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 I am giving Miami a chance here. I'm testing them. Uh, and they failed. They are not. And to that point, you know, it's, who is it going to be that's going to face off against Clemson? Probably Notre Dame, which is kind of who you and I picked anyway, but I don't think it's going to be Miami. Uh, it's clearly not going to be Virginia Tech. I, was, I did feel pretty good about that one. I really did feel pretty good about uh, Virginia Tech. Probably Not losing. I, I really didn't think they were going to lose that game, but I, I did think that they were going to struggle to cover. Who else I talked about Notre Dame, Pitt, Virginia, Miami? Uh, the only the only takeaway from the Virginia Miami for me is that Miami isn't there. UNC, NC State. Like I said, you, you've already touched on that one. Um, my only other takeaway, two takeaways from that. Number one, do some do do some research, or at least remember <laughs> before I make picks. Um, but then, <laughs> but then the second one is is. <sighs> I've read a couple of headlines, not articles so much, but headlines, and apparently UNC is back. This is the UNC we expected, blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever. Um, I'm sorry. Florida State stinks. You don't go in and get your doors blown off by Florida State and come back and win one and have everything be hunky-dory. I mean, we know that well enough after getting blitzed by Purdue when we shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, You're, we already kind of talked about it. But um, I think the fact that they only won by three, uh, I felt pretty good about it. Even though I chose Oklahoma State, I had chosen them in low confidence because I felt it was going to be a lot like that. Um, I think my other takeaway from that game is, is that two things. Now think about it, I'm trying to remember who was it, Buster Tillman, who was the guy, Brando and Tillman, I think, were doing this game. And they kept trying to get us to buy the whole time that you know, the Big 12 was making a shift towards, towards being more defensive-minded. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, you can't take uh, two teams uh, on, uh, you know, on the uh, junior high playground and try to make an equivalent that they've got championship caliber defenses. I mean, at the end of the day, you've got pedestrian Oklahoma State offense and a pedestrian Iowa State offense facing off against each other, and you want to declare that the Big 12 is now a defensive conference? No. They're still terrible at defense. However, given that they play each other, yes, Oklahoma State, relatively speaking, I think has the defense potentially win that conference.
1: Right. Yeah, and I think Oklahoma State does have the best defense in the conference, but, you know, you just said it. I think – this game really showed me they're they're not going to make it to the playoffs. Um, they just don't have the offense, and you know o- Oklahoma look good against TCU. You know maybe they're coming together. Um, you know maybe they'll lose to Oklahoma. I don't know. Uh, Oklahoma State will probably make the championship game, but I don't see them going undefeated. I really don't.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not sure yet, to be honest. Uh, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they did not go undefeated. I will say that. Um, I do think they stand the best chance, obviously, I guess I'm not really saying anything. It's obviously they stand the best chance of making it to the playoffs from the big 12. Now it's not going to be Kansas state. It's not going to be Iowa. Well, obviously not Iowa state now, but Kansas state with that one loss and who it was to, even if they ran the table, basically the big 12 is getting left out. Oklahoma state is the only one, uh, that can carry that mantle. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they can't handle it, but. Until then, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, maybe.
1: Yeah.
0: Illinois-Wisconsin. Uh, that
1: was a big one. We didn't talk about that one. Um, yeah, I expected Illinois, you know, to score an offensive touchdown, and that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I went into that game, I, I think a little bit based off of last year, but, you know, they, they did return a decent amount of starters. I thought they would have played a little bit better than they did, but they just looked terrible and they'll probably, probably end up you know, the same Illinois team that we always you know, think about when we think about Illinois. So yeah, I'll just I, live and let learn.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think last year I was bullish on them to the degree that I thought at the beginning of the year they were going to make the bowl game, and they did. And it was because last year they had built up a team around transfers and whatnot to kind of make that one-year run and frankly, I felt like that was something that's probably going to save Lovey Smith's job. But then after that, what happens? Because um, at the end of the day, yeah, they do return some starters, but with Illinois, they weren't really filling in those gaps again with more transfers. And then you have Brandon Peters at quarterback, who's terrible, right? I mean, he couldn't even break through uh, in a Michigan quarterback room, right? I mean, going into a Michigan uh quarterback room is about like going into a Marriott and joining the fifth grade soccer teams, you know. It's about the same equivalent. You know, that's if you can't make it in a Michigan quarterback room, then you can't make it. Um so yeah, I, I think my biggest takeaway from that was really more on the Wisconsin side. Uh that quarterback I think that's great for them. Uh, I think you, know, you and I had talked about you know it could be difficult for them to break in a new quarterback and break in a new running back. Well, it seems to me like they've kind of realized that as well, and they are going all in on the quarterback, which is kind of surprising. Usually they go all in on the running back to establish yeah. it's Wisconsin football. and So that was kind of surprising to me because they did do running back by committee, uh, which may or may not – to use your words, bode well for them in the future. Uh, but they did put their coin on the quarterback and he looks pretty good. So I think on the flip side of that, I don't great for you, Wisconsin. Don't get too excited yet. That freshman quarterback isn't going to look that good uh, against some of these other teams uh, because some of the other teams know how to cover. They understand right. well, uh, the principle of coverage. Unlike yeah. Illinois.
1: <laughs> that was the thing. Like i all but one of his touchdowns, there was nobody in sight on, yeah. on any of those touchdowns. So,
0: yeah. And, and it's a key difference between he and Justin Fields. Cause I have seen already a couple, and you, know, you look at different fan forums, you know, because Fields had a very similar game passing wise, you know, high two hundreds in, in passing yards, only one incompletion, completion, no interceptions, a couple of touchdowns, you know, people trying to compare Mertz and Justin Fields. and, Yes, I think Mertz looked great. He did have a couple of beautiful throwing balls, no doubt about it. But all of... Just take Justin Fields, uh, the one long pass play, post-pass, I think, touchdown to uh, Garrett Wilson, I think it was. Graham Mertz doesn't make that pass right now. I think he looks good enough to maybe make that in the future. But, yeah, Fields wasn't throwing (laughs) to... you know people where there was nobody 20 yards around right he those those were contested balls sometimes and he was still making them in tight windows so i think wisconsin perspective the the big takeaway is just very interesting that they really did seem to put their eggs into the quarterback basket as opposed to the running back and i'm very interested to see how they look going forward
1: yeah i mean it'll be you know they have michigan on the road i think that'll that'll be a good game uh Really a good game to, to see both these teams and their strengths and, you know, what we can expect out of them uh, down the road. But, um, yeah, all in all, um, you know, some surprise teams coming out of the Big Ten, obviously. Uh, some ones that are going to suck, uh, like Michigan State, probably going to get their clocks clean next week. <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll be able to talk. I guess, yeah, that'll be ranked, so i will talk about that one a little bit. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. All in all, excited. I really didn't watch any of the Mountain West games, so I don't know how that turned out. But I think Boise State is ranked, so they must have won. Um,
0: yeah, they they won pretty big.
1: Yeah, so we'll see kind of how that progresses too, and I guess what noise they can make in that Group of Five discussion. But otherwise, um, despite the bad record, it was it was a good week of games. So
0: it was a good week of games, and I think we get another good week of games coming up. Um, with more teams in now, to your point, Mountain West, Boise is ranked, and I think you even said that the last time they needed to get that game, and once they do play and win, then they'll probably rank, and they were. Um, Chanticleers, we cannot end this episode without talking about the privileged Roosters, of course. The Chanticleers one by 14, covered the spread, and most definitely brought a ray of sunshine To an otherwise impoverished region, as we look at the underprivileged roosters, that is the Gamecocks, who got destroyed by a mediocre LSU team. So indeed, the Chanticleers have risen above the fray and have brought a ray of hope to the Carolinas. Indubitably. Indubitably. All right. So I think uh, the next time around is, I think the next episode is basically all about Ohio State-Penn State matchup. Uh, yep. So I'll look forward to that later in the week. I think otherwise, this pretty much completes another thrilling and ultimately compelling episode of oh, Rock with Bellhaven on the boy.